Hello, and welcome to Partially Redacted, a podcast where we discuss privacy and security engineering related topics. I'm your host, Sean Falconer, and today I'm joined by Zena OBB, founder of Hill Redaction Services, and we'll be discussing document redaction. Zena, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I really enjoy your podcast and all the discussions you guys have on here. So super excited to join you today. Fantastic. Yeah, as well. It's good to have a fan on. Uh, so <laughs> thank you so much for being here and for listening. I'm excited to talk about document redaction. It's it's a request that you know we're hearing more and more from our customers that are processing and sharing you know highly sensitive documents. So it's definitely something that is kind of top of mind for myself right now. But before we jump into the topic, let's start with an introduction. You know, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, definitely. So um, as you stated, I'm founder of Hill Redaction Services. Um, I have. Um, a bit over 15 years of experience working in finance and then transitioning to the legal industry. Um, so throughout my career, um, I've got that kind of hodgepodge of um, firsthand experience uh, directly related with uh, PII and managing processes that um, kind of controlled the sharing of um, sensitive data. Um, and that's essentially what birthed the idea for Hill Redaction Services. Um, there was just a glaring need for something to kind of fill that gap, um, especially on the legal side of things um, for law firms. Um, so I think throughout my career, one key thing that um, I was very glaring for me between those uh, finance and legal um, industries was just how very, very strict the compliance and data privacy regulations were. And it was the one thing that those two industries just had so in common, um, despite their differences. Um, so I think uh, my experience was a huge, huge impact in developing um, Hill Redaction Services and the concept of what we're doing here um, and just being able to assist organizations um, with this aspect of data protection and document anonymization, which is, which is massive. Yeah, absolutely. When, when was the company started? Um, so it was founded originally uh, 2019. Okay. So a similar time frame actually to when we started uh, Skyflow. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of, you know, leading up to that experience, like what were you seeing, you know, companies, what was the, like the main pain point or struggle that they were having when it came to trying to redact documents that might contain, you know, PII and other sensitive information? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's hard to pin one main thing. Um, if I were to narrow it down, I think it kind of boiled down to two things, honestly, um, and that was just accuracy and timing. So the unfortunate thing is those things are kind of like seed into each other. So um, if you're redacting a document and it's not accurate, there's no point in doing the redaction because the whole point of that redaction process is to completely remove or PII or PHI in order for it to be compliant and shareable. Um, so accuracy is a major component, especially more specifically in that legal realm where that role fell heavily on, say, legal assistance or the paralegal. And there were other pressing tasks that that one person had to now um, balance and kind of juggle. So more often than not, it was like, end up being a very rushed review um, and not a lot of time given to that accuracy. So there were missed redactions. Um, and then to the other point that I mentioned it being time consuming, it's just one of those things you can't, there's no way around it. You have to give it the time to do that thorough review to make sure you're redacting correctly. 
And a lot of times organizations struggle with that because it's cutting into those man hours. Um, You know, redaction isn't their core process. Their process is whatever they've hired their, their team to do. And taking a chunk of their day which could equate at times to 70% of their workload, just being redacting documents as a whole, when you look at it over the month, is insane. But that's what it is, exactly what it's like for a lot of these firms and organizations, just depending on their volume and the number of, of documents that they have to go through. What are some of the, like, you know, key concepts and techniques that people use for document redaction? Is this, you know, primarily like a human-driven process or are they using some level of automate, automation to, to help, you know, speed up the process? I mean, I think it varies and I think it varies organization to organization. I think it also varies depending on the volume. So if it's a very small uh, number of documents that require any kind of redaction, I think some sort of a manual, solely manual review is sufficient. Um, but for organizations that have a, a ton of documents that they're going through, um, literally in some instance, hundreds of thousands of pages, tens of thousands of pages, hundreds of pages, um, then in that instance, you often find kind of a marrying of automation and review, which is something we would recommend. What is the like the hard part from like an automation standpoint? Like where does, like how far does the automation get you? And then like where does sort of the human in the loop component need to come in and, and like fill in that gap? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, automation, I think as a whole and AI, I think anytime it kind of comes into an industry, I think kind of sweeps the whole thing by storm. And there's definitely a lot of advantages to that. Um, There's just no way around. You have to see the advantages of automation in this day and age. Um, But it's just not equipped to get everything. You know, it's nothing is 100 percent. Um, And especially when you're dealing with, say, our niche or our specialty, be it medical records, where these documents are extremely nuanced. Um, So they're details that may require someone to have to kind of use human thinking to decipher, should this be redacted, should this not? Um, And detailed text, you know, especially anytime there's like handwriting, you'll find automation will miss things like that, Um, any kind of uh, written information. Or if the numbers don't follow a set sequence that it's programmed to recognize, you'll often find those things are missed within the uh, the automation or the redaction automation component. So um, it's definitely a big thing that's heavily used within the, within the industry as a whole. Definitely recommended to have some sort of automation work into your process if you're doing it yourself. Um, but it's not going to get everything. And it's definitely not the only thing you should be relying on because you are missing PII and PHI if that's the only resource you're using to adapt. So when I was doing my my graduate work, I worked uh, also it was sort of in the biotech space and we were working on these like large scale data integration problems. And the big challenge historically there had been that people either did like fully manual integration between these sort of like heterogeneous data sets or they did fully automated and neither was ideal because fully manual was like way too long. Um, and then especially for large data sets and then fully automated, they just like miss stuff. So what I developed in my PhD work was this kind of human in the loop, uh, system where we could automate some portions of the process and then use domain experts to kind of come in and fill in the gaps. So when it comes to redaction, especially when you're talking about the medical field for involving the human component, 
does it require a certain amount of domain expertise to like understand like the potential context or subjectivity of like, does it make sense to redact this? Like it, this probably, it just sounds to me, it's not like something you can just like, you know, offload to, uh, you know, I don't know, like a, someone who without any kind of expertise to something like that. Otherwise, like you could probably automate that portion. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. So um, that kind of mirror is kind of um, similar to kind of our concept. So um, there's that automation piece, right? And then when it comes to that manual review, um, you, we do have experts within that industry. So um, we service a variety of, of industries, legal, healthcare. So if you have experience already with reviewing medical records or have done some sort of medical review, then you have that knowledge that helps. Um, same with the legal side. So you have to have a knowledge and understanding of the document you're reviewing in order to know what you need to be redacting and what you need to be looking out for. So it's just some things are going to come with experience and time. Um, and there's just really no way around that piece. But to your point, yes, when it's kind of a good blend of both automation and manual review that's important in this type of process. And some other, you know, awesome things that we've built into our module as well that is what helps us achieve our, our results. And even from an automation standpoint, especially now, like, you know, of course, there's a lot going on in the world of AI and there's a lot of potential to use things like large language models for, you know, this type of application. But one of the challenges I've heard uh, in particular with the legal profession from like lawyers in the industry was that they felt like it would be difficult to actually apply like generative AI models directly to uh, the legal profession just because there's not enough like digitized documents to actually train the models. I don't know if this is true, but I'm curious to hear just, you know, based on your experience in the space, whether that is a challenge, like just having enough sort of like digital digitized documents to actually train something that is like a machine learning model to be able to identify these like more nuanced use cases. And that's where there's like an additional level of needing these like human experts to kind of come in and fill in the gap? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it depends. I think nowadays within that industry, everything is digital now, right? So we've moved pretty heavily away from um, paper, you know, review, you know, actual physical copies. Everything is all digital now. But I think the space where the uniqueness of what we do comes in is completely offloading that entire process from the organization. So it's not any aspect that they would have to worry about. So whereas right now, how organizations would handle it is they would have to manage that piece. So instead of having to worry about that, you know, getting that automation worked into your process and how and when and where, and then having someone still check what you just run through automation. So essentially you're getting automation to resolve a problem that you're recreating because uh, you're still having to do the same work. So it's, excessive cost. It's a waste of time. And it's just a all round headache, honestly. And so that's where we come in to kind of resolve that uh, for these organizations. So it's just a simple, sweet situation where they can securely um, upload the documents to our client portal and we just handle the redaction for them and get them back redacted copies. Okay. And what are some of the like tools and technologies that are being used, you know, behind the scenes to be able to perform this kind of stuff or at least automate as much as possible so that you can speed up the, the you know, the time of the service. Yeah. So, I mean, specifically for the industry or specifically within our company? Well, we can take both pieces. Let's start with the industry and then you can, you know, maybe you can bring back to specifically what you're doing at uh, Hill or Dasha Services. 
Okay. Okay. So I think in the industry, it's a wide variety. I think automation, a lot of automated tools, I think a lot of people use different versions of, um, I think like Adobe is the most popular thing I've heard of um, that people use to do the redaction, use utilize that redaction tool. Um, and then different various um, softwares for automation. But again, it keeps having that issue of not being able to catch all the redaction that's needed or having to work that into their their in-house system. So a lot of times firms have a system where they have all their caseloads uploaded to. And so they now have to figure out how to work in that redaction software into that, which usually means a lot of coding and back-end work and again, additional costs to get set up and time. Um, So that's Primarily what we've noticed, at least in the legal space, how companies have gone when they're using tools in-house has been primarily that way. And then we've also surprisingly seen a lot of just the same old traditional where there's been no technology or software tools used and it's just been complete manual review. I mean, that's actually been the most surprising in this day and age, the most common thing we've seen where it's the legal assistant and the paralegal that's actually going through and doing a manual redaction and review digitally, of course. Yeah, just throw throw a bunch of people at it. <laughs> yeah, 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 essentially, yeah. Yeah, and I, I would suspect that for a lot of those folks too, where like you mentioned earlier, it's not necessarily like what they were you know, hired for originally, it's probably not the most right. fun part of their job, especially no. if it's sucking 70% of, of their time. Yes. Yes. No, it's not. I mean, and the thing, especially within legals, there's always deadlines, you know, there's always something that you have to prioritize the priority, you know? So you have so many different things that you have to work on so many, everything's urgent. And so you end up having this, this situation where things get pushed. They have quotas, they have, they have numbers they also have to reach when you're legal assistant, when you're paralegal, you know? So you're, you're rushing through things. And I think to me, that's the more glaring situation there is because, you know, you, they're hired for this role, you know, to, to handle this caseload. And the redaction takes up so much time within that process that they're rushing through it because it's not their job and they're not trained to do it. And, you know, when you really look at it, it's not really the legal system's fault or the paralegal's fault. That's not their role. You know, it's just an additional step that's kind of been thrown onto their plate. But unfortunately for organizations, it's one of the most important steps. And the impact of misredactions is massive. I mean, these fines are huge, you know, not to mention the impact to the patient or the client when their information is exposed. I mean, we've heard from people in all different areas um, that have suffered from their information being exposed and being filed with court and things weren't properly redacted. I mean, there are huge impacts there. Yeah. So I think there's also a challenge where if you have a a person that is actually involved with redaction, I guess there's like a certain expectation of like, okay, well, this is now clean, we can just, you know, kind of move forward. But there's, like you mentioned, they're under tight deadlines. It's not their core, you know, job. There's a lot of no. chance for human error. So how do you essentially like certify or guarantee a reduced error rate when it comes to actually helping people with uh, document redaction? So for us, it is a multi-step process. Um, and so actually our entire process, when you break it down, um, it's really four steps. 
And so that ensures that that document has completely been checked for any sort of PII or PHI by the time it's now completed and um, available for the client. Um, so basically, once a document leaves our hands, a client in legal, for instance, is safe to file that document with court. There's no need for an additional check. And that's the beauty of our services. Um, now, other industries, for instance, that won't be filing with court, um, same same difference, same result. The document is now safe to be shared. Um, and in addition to redacting, we also built into our process, remove metadata. So you make sure that there's absolutely no possibility of any PII or PHI being revealed or traced back that within that document. So I think the beauty of it and the, the accuracy guarantee comes in the multiple steps and the time we're willing to put into that. So it's more costly on our end. It's more time consuming on our end, but we're delivering a higher quality service and accuracy. And I think that's more important. And I think that's the point of what it is. It's more than just, you know, our clients. It's also this person, this this person's information that's being put at risk. So I feel that um, it's the best best module that, that they have out there. Obviously, I'm slightly biased, but. Hey there, it's Sean, host of Partially Redacted. You probably guessed that since at this point in the interview, you probably recognize my voice. I've been told for years that I have a face for podcasting, but no one has mentioned whether I have a voice for podcasting, so sorry about that. Hopefully, the awesome guest makes up for it. Anyway, if you're enjoying this episode, please support the show by subscribing and telling your friends. You can also join Partially Adapted Community at skyflow.com slash community. Okay, that's enough for me. Back to the show. So can you walk me through sort of what is what's happening? Like I go and I upload a document through the client portal. Then, then what happens? You know, what, what kind of like, you know, technology steps, human steps are happening behind the scenes to sort of guarantee this level of quality? Right. So um, there's an automated review where automation kind of goes through. Um, our automation and our software has been designed in-house and created and built. Um, so based on our expertise, our team um, have experienced our previous uh, legal assistants, paralegals. Um, so have that hands-on experience with working in that realm um, and also people that have had experience working in that medical industry. So they know these documents through and through and we've worked together to create this really awesome software. So it's really our beautiful little custom secret that's been designed specifically for us by us. Um, so the documents go through that software and it, they get the initial redaction and then they're reviewed again manually um, and checked for anything that's missed, which, you know, you're usually going to find things. Um, and then you also have a quality review check. And then there's another check where another percentage is checked again at a more kind of high level before it gets to the client. So um, a multi-step, primarily we discuss the three steps, but really when you break it down, it's a four-step process. Is there any challenges in terms of like the variety of document types that you need to process? Like, uh, you know, are you, is it primarily, you know, dealing with similar types of documents, like it's all PDFs or all doc files or something like that? Or are you dealing with like, uh, like a whole spectrum of different document types that you need to be able to figure out how do we actually, you know, maybe, it, maybe it's a, an actual image. Like how do you translate that into something that can be processed by, by an automated service to recognize the text and then, you know, 
to actually produce the output in the same document type and so forth. Can you kind of discuss a little bit about that? Yeah, so I think that's the great thing about the manual view component is because you're not limited to what the software can and can't do. So I know a lot of times, especially with automation, the challenges are when you have those images or in medical industries when you have x-rays um, and you have certain sort of file formats, it could be challenges. But um, our software is constantly developing. Um, it's constantly getting better. Um, we're getting more and more types of file formats um, that we're able to assist, that we're able to push through that system. But um, ultimately, that's of no impact to the client because we still have our manual view component. So um, redaction is redaction, regardless of the document. Um, so we're fortunate enough where we're able to assist with redacting regardless of the file format. Um, I don't think there's a file format we've come across at least yet that we've been unable to assist with. PDFs, obviously, are by far the easiest. Um, some of the other um, file formats are a little bit more time consuming, a little bit more challenging, but we work that in when we're communicating deadlines and timeframes with the client. And as long as that works for their timeframe, then there's no issue. Is there any ever any requests or uh, use cases around like audio files or video files that you've had, had come across? Yeah, so we get, um, we have gotten video and audio, but we're not yet at that stage where we're redacting um, video or um, audio. Um, that's probably one of the next steps that we hope to grow towards. Um, but we do, we have occasionally gotten some. Our focus is primarily niched in document redact, just document review for now, at least. Okay. And then in terms of the, you know, legal profession and, uh, you know, essentially healthcare and maybe some of the other, you know, clients you might be dealing with, are there specific industry regulations that they're trying to make sure that they are compliant with when it comes to document redaction? Yeah, so I mean, honestly, you name it, there are a ton. Um, I think your biggest powerhouses, most commonly known, HIPAA, GDPR, um, are big ones. Um, I think for firms, it varies. You have HIPAA, GLBA, FERPA, um, FOIA. I mean, there's so many. I think anytime that you are managing as an organization, um, any sort of medical records, financial statements, you're going to be governed by some sort of compliance regulation. Yeah. Um, and you probably should make sure that you're following those, those steps. And more often than not, redaction is going to need to be somewhere in that process. Um, but the most common one that um, you'll see within legal will be GLBA, um, GDPR, and HIPAA. Mm -hmm. And then are there any uh, like industry, like testing standards or, um, you know, certification standards in terms of like being able to test whether a particular service or automated process for redacting is like better than another against some like standard test set? Like you see that in, you know, various forms of uh, machine learning and, and other areas of, within the technology industry of like, hey, here's like the benchmark, you need to be scoring above, you know, whatever to be at this level, or here's what the industry standard is, the best in the industry. Did anything like that exist in, in this in the area of document reduction? I think, um, unfortunately, not specifically. Um, it's a very, um, I think more so what's going to separate, I think, people, um, the men from the boys, so to speak, would be the accuracy, right? So the end result of what you get 
and the turn time of what you get. So finding that balance is a big, seems to be a big challenge in our industry, where you'll have a lot of people there really pushing that turn time, but their accuracy isn't ideal um, or it's just solely automation and they're skipping those multiple review steps. So finding that balance and finding a redaction service that really fits your needs is where kind of that looking around comes in and just kind of interviewing and asking those questions and finding out, okay, hey, what's the turn time that we're expecting? Um, and then, okay, what are your methods for this process? Are you doing multiple step reviews? Um, and okay, when I get this document, is it safe and secure for me to share it? Or do I still need to do reviews? I think that's where we've had clients come to us with documents that they've had completed by other uh, redaction services that they needed re-reviewed. Um, and just simply sometimes just asking, hey, you know, is this now, do I need to do another review when I get this um, internally? can also make that difference. So just making sure that you've kind of crossed those questions and actually asked those questions can make a difference because depending on their module, um, it may not be a necessarily an accuracy thing. They just may be more designed for as you as the organization to still do the final legwork. Yeah, they might have a sort of a focus on, I guess, like solving specific problems that maybe is not the full spectrum of the document redaction problem. Right. So, I mean, just I, I, for my, in my opinion, I just think having those meetings, having those uh, questions asked will save a lot of time and trouble and frustration down the line. Um, but the unique thing about what we do is we do customize our projects to the needs of each client. So um, the initial goal is to find out, okay, what are the redaction needs? And then we can kind of make those adjustments to fit in outside of our standard um, module, what works for you or what's going to fit your needs and your timelines, et cetera. So let's say that I wanted to you know, do this myself. What are some of your recommendations in terms of like best practices for doing this effectively? Yeah, definitely. So I think it goes back to that same thing of just the multiple steps. Um, I think that's the most missed thing. And um, I think that's the biggest pain point within the industry and for organizations when they're handling this reduction internally. I think people don't really give enough attention to the importance of misredactions and PII and PHI getting filed without it being concealed and the impacts there. Um, so just you're going to have to dedicate that time to it. Yes, it's time consuming. Yes, it's more costly, but that's the only way to ensure that accuracy. You're going to have to do more than one step review. I see. And then, you know, based on your experience of you know, working in the space, like how has automation and AI like impacted both the efficiency and accuracy of these various services that can do this kind of work? So I think that um, AI is always an amazing, an amazing, fascinating thing. And I think it's brought a lot of positive change to the industry by way of automation. Um, but I think there's also downsides. I think there's also, you know, new risks in terms of now you're now moving this data more and more places. And um, the more you move this data, the more risks you're now you know, have in place. Um, so I just think that um, it's one of those things where you have to kind of, you know, kind of work it in with old and the new. Um, and I think it's something where you don't need to always reinvent the wheel. 
Um, and in some instances, you know, you just kind of have to add in that manual component until AI kind of catches up. I do think eventually we'll definitely get to a space where, um, you know, AI can really essentially, you know, do it all. Um, but we're not quite there yet. So um, especially when you're talking medical records, you're going to need you're going to need a manual review to kind of go through and and decipher, especially when you're you're talking through, you know, medical notes and, and handwriting, et cetera. How do you handle that at your company? Like, do you have domain experts that have that level of knowledge to be able to recognize those types of things? Um, so we have experts in um, handling for our software, for the automation piece that manage that component, and also experts within the space for redacting that specific area of expertise. So for instance, um, PII and PHI kind of sounds all the same. Essentially, it's all sensitive data, but they're still very different. There's still some core differences. Medical records are different from uh, legal transcripts, from financial records. Um, so they need to be treated differently. Um, so you have, for us, we found it more ideal to just have put the experts to handle the areas that they know. Right. So um, for our medical records, we have people that have that experience and expertise in working with medical records. And likewise, on the legal side, um, people that are used to handling legal records, legal transcripts, legal documents, um, they kind of know the flow of it and just makes it a lot easier. Is there ever, um, you know, we talked a lot about how, you know, automation might miss certain, you know, nuance or context where you need this, you know, a human to kind of step in and use their domain expertise. But what about on the flip side? Is there also a challenge around like, you know, like a false negative person or false positive where it's recognizing something is sensitive, but it's not actually sensitive? Yeah, definitely. You get that a lot. I mean, I think that's been one of the things we've heard clients complain about as well, because um, a lot of the software, they still, it may do like an automation component, but they'll still have to have someone kind of at desk reviewing all the things it's flagged and say yay or nay, or it spits out a redacted copy and it's redacted a bunch of things that didn't need to be redacted. And there's nothing more time consuming than having to go back um, because you can't unredact a document, so to speak. So you literally have to start over. It's easier to fix a mixed redaction than to un you can't unredact. So um, it's a headache in that regard when it comes to automation. Um, I think for on our side, um, that's where the expertise and the industry experience comes in. Um, we've been able to work with our developers to um, avoid those issues with our own in-house software. Um, but it has definitely been um, on the list of complaints we've heard that clients that have come to us um, from having issues with their own software that they've they've purchased from other sources. Yeah, I mean, you could redact everything, just block out everything. Yeah. And then you'll, yeah. you you have a hundred percent success rate in terms of redacting everything <laughs> sensitive, but the precision is garbage, uh, which right. could be a real problem. And then especially too in legal, so you need the information in the document, and that's the thing about redaction. It's not that it, it's not the entire document that that is that needs to be redacted. There's core information within that document that needs to be used um, within that case, or there's core information within that document 
that still needs to be shared on from medical records perspective between healthcare organizations. But it's just that sensitive information, that PHI that needs to come out um, to protect the patient. And so that's where redaction has that unique space of coming in and just kind of very selectively um, kind of taking out that PHI. So redacting an entire page is is kind of, you know, pointless in a sense. Yeah, I mean, sounds like there's a lot of hard problems to, to try to yes. solve in, in this particular uh, uh, space. and Very okay. nuanced. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, speaking of hard problems, you know, you're also the, the founder of, of your own company. So, you know, you've been at this for somewhere between four and five years. Like, what are some of the hardest parts of, you know, founding and building a company for you so far? Um, I think for me, it's a little unfair comparatively to other entrepreneurs because um, we started and made it through a pandemic. <laughs> and I don't think many um, businesses can say that. Um, and I think you can speak to that as well, Sean, that um, being in a company during that time is probably the most challenging. Um, you're faced with things that you never even, there's no playbook for. So versus, you know, other challenges you may have um, within building and growing a concept and an idea and a module, you know, there's always kind of like a go-to on a consultant or someone you can kind of research answers for. But uh, there was none of that during the pandemic. So it was really kind of um, shoot from the hip. You know, and that's what we did. And we were able to, fortunately, we had an amazing team um, with us and we were able to adjust and and pivot how we needed to and able to work through that time and come out of it stronger. So um, I definitely think that that was the most challenging time for us was just navigating um, the pandemic and then making sure that you're also managing compliance um, rules and you're staying compliant while now moving to a fully remote space, um, which was required during the pandemic. So um, a lot of challenges there, as most companies had to go through. Um, so by far, that's going in the books as the biggest challenge. Yeah, I mean, especially in the early days of the company, it's, it's just so yeah. difficult, like if you're doing everything remote, uh, you know, yeah. th there's like just key conversations that are so much easier when you're doing it in person, or even like when it comes to customer research, uh, testing different ideas, to, uh, you know, uh, prototypes of the product or whatever it is, do, you know, shifting to fully remote work. There's a lot of, 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 you know, things to navigate and then even go to market. You know, you, you have to kind of pivot, probably change the way that you might do go to market for, you know, the, the height of the pandemic world versus what you could have done previously with, you know, maybe showing up at a place of business and kind of showing them what you're doing. Yeah, that brand awareness piece is a challenge, you know, um, so that was difficult. And then also to on internally. So, you know, you're bringing together um, a bunch of um, people with a ton of expertise in their own right and subject matter experts. And you kind of need that bonding to take place. Right. And that happens when you all come into the office together and you're all sitting by each other and you're kind of talking about different things. And that team building happens. And, you know, when that breakdown happens behind the scenes in office, you know, it makes it that much more challenging to kind of move the needle through things. So now when you take that away and everybody's kind of all, you know, in at home behind a screen and panicked about this pandemic, it makes it really hard to kind of get that camaraderie and that bonding and that team building up just to 
things that would just have been easier to kind of push through as a team. You now have to kind of take pause and kind of, okay, push through these different steps. And then obviously dealing with people needing to be off because they're sick and different things. So a lot of challenges there, especially when you're just starting up. It's not, it's not ideal, but amazing lessons learned from it. I think things that, you know, we'll have with us for life. So grateful for it in a sense. Yeah. The, yeah, there's a natural disconnect, I think, that happens when you're working uh, re- remote. Like, it's hard, like you mentioned, Completely. to build that, like, com- camaraderie. And that makes it also easier, I think, for company or for people, individuals, to feel less connected to the company they work for and kind yeah. of make a, you know, completely objective decision of, like, hey, I'm going to go switch and do something else because I'm not that connected to the people that I'm working with. It really just becomes maybe a financial decision or something like that. Yeah, no, completely, you know, and just and just getting to know the entire culture, you know, within it's hard to even especially when you're you're starting up, you know, you're establishing that culture and it's hard to do that remotely, you know, and depending on age groups. Now, if you have a much younger set, that might be easier because they used to watch those video games when they're on their screens and all that, you know, but if you have maybe a more mature uh, theme, that's going to be a challenge in trying to put that all together. So... A lot, a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, the good thing is if you look at sort of the history of somewhere, you know, some of the best companies in the world have been formed, a lot of them have come out of, you know, difficult times like the the, the dot-com bust, you know, the the crunch that happened in the late 2000s, you know, there's another industry crunch happening right now. And I think part of that is that only, it's a forcing function to focus on the right things, do more with less. And also it kind of like hardens your, you know, skills, I guess, as an entrepreneur or like, uh, you know, even someone who's, you know, working at an earlier stage company to be resilient and kind of push through those types of things. So the the companies that last through those hard times are, you know, I think like, you know, hardened for the world ahead. So when things start to get good, it's like, okay, well, this is just now, you know, sort of uh, additional gravy. <laughs> yeah, this is easy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, you're hundred percent right. Couldn't agree more. Awesome. Well, as we start to wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, no, not too much that I can I can think of. I mean, just other than just, you know, obviously stressing that importance as well to when it comes to compliance, um, just ensuring that organizations are aware of their compliance guidelines um, and specifics and techniques on how they're redacting. So I know a lot of times, sometimes we have um, firms that come to us and they think that it's acceptable to maybe redact in white or different different methods, right? Um, And depending on your compliance guidelines, depending on the district, um, there may be certain requirements in how the redaction is even placed. Um, So within the document. So just making sure that you have some sort of expert on team um, to kind of give you that advice so that you know that you're staying within those guidelines. Um, And then always to, you know, of course you have redaction services like us, that you can always reach out to with questions, um, even if it's not just to utilize the surface, but if it's just, you know, questions on how do I do this or what should, what's best practices, you know, we're here to answer those. Fantastic. Well, Zena, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed this. You know, you're working on, I think, some really hard problems that are really important. Um, and I also, I have a you know, special place in my heart for these, uh, like, sort of human the loop systems, uh, given like my, my prior uh, background in, in bioinformatics and some of the work that I did there. So I, I really enjoy like learning about this kind of stuff. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you and cheers. 
Okay, bye.